Hello, my, oh, look at that. Look how big we are. Hello, my friend. <laughs> I scared myself seeing myself so big. Hello, my friends, Andy and Eddie coming live from Orange County, California. I'm going to see if I can fix that. How are you, my love? I am great. I'm going to try to fix our screen because <laughs> yes, we're yep. kind of, it's like just our heads. I know. That's uh, called a talking head shot. <laughs> a talking head shot. Yes. There you go. Sorry, we're on a little bit early, but uh, Hetty and I are a little, you know, little, yeah. little funky today for some reason. Not, not in the head. Well, maybe in the head, <laughs> but physically. You know how you have those days where you just kind of feel blah. Yes. Like something we ate, or I don't know, not enough sleep. Not enough sleep. Um, so we know we're on during uh, Calvary Chapel Chino Hills worship. We know, but um, here we are. We're reading from Smith Wigglesworth devotional. Um, but before you do that, I'm sorry, go to resurrectministry.com where you will find other content and a place to subscribe to our newsletter and partner. And partner with us and uh, drop us a uh, comment or a message. We've gotten a couple of messages recently, whether there are comments or questions. I had another question. Someone's leaving for Indonesia. They sent us oh. an email. Yeah. Asking for advice about um, sharing the gospel. So that's all. All great stuff. I've been hearing people um, talking about leaving the state. Yes. Going to Tennessee. Not going to Indonesia, though. Uh, but you know what? I've been also hearing yeah, some other countries. That's the reason I made you made me think oh. of it, is that, um, uh, shoot, Mexico is one of them. I read about that. Yeah, a lot of people going to Mexico. And, I, I'd, um, I'd rather stay here and uh, eat um, MREs. <laughs> Sorry you don't to want to go say. to Tijuana? No, I'm sorry. American through and uh, through. Oh, Portugal. Portugal is the other one. Very popular place people are going to. I've ran into probably really? three people that, hey, we're moving to Portugal. You could, yeah, live on the beach for, I don't free? know, not for free. <laughs> live on the beach in a tent? Yeah. Oh, look at us. Right? We're not so close. No, I fixed it. Yeah, I'm glad you can't see up my nose anymore. <laughs> All right. We're going to Smith Miss. Oh, my gosh. Miss? <laughs> Miss Wiggles. I wonder what Miss Wiggles is doing now. Is she thinks yeah. she's still alive? No, no. I don't think so. Oh, no, she died first, remember? And he tried to resurrect her, and she's like, leave me alone. I'm going to Jesus. <laughs> remember that? It was cool. I yeah, I completely forgot about that. Uh, we're reading Smith Wigglesworth Devotional from June 15th. The title is Follow God's Command, Hedia. Yes. Would you? Trying. The, the reference is Philippians 3.14, which says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The scripture reading is Philippians 3, excuse me, 1 through 21. Smith says, God's word is our food. If we do not edify ourselves with it, our needs will not be met. Let us preach by our lives, actions, presence, and praise, always being living letters of Christ. We should strive to be examples to all men of the truth contained in the word of God. Follow the truth and do not abandon it. Always be watchful for divine inspiration. If we were to go all the way with God, what would happen? Seek the honor that comes from God alone. Paul spoke about the desire to attain. He said that he reached for the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There is no standing still. We are renewed by the Spirit. Abraham left his home and followed God to a new land. We never get into a place until we come out of the old one. Mm. We must model God's personality. 
we can never be satisfied to stay where we are spiritually, for the truth continues to enlighten us. We must move on or we will perish. We must be obedient to the Holy Spirit who guides us. Paul was a man who had kept the law blamelessly. He had tried in his humanity to follow an ideal standard. When Paul saw a light from heaven and he was made new. Oh, sorry. Then Paul saw a light from heaven and he was made new. Are you new? He was not with the other apostles, but he had been told of the word of life. He had not yet attained to these ideal principles, but he had zeal. Before him was a challenge. He was to go into the city where he would be told what to do. The present was nothing to him. He was motivated to follow God's command. Everything that, he, that, everything that had been important to him before he now counted loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus Lord. Oh, his Lord, in parentheses there. His chief goal was to gain Christ. When J Judas and the soldiers came after Jesus in the garden, Jesus spoke and the men fell backward. He, he the creator, submitted himself to these men. Yet, he said, let these go their way, referring to the disciples. When they abused him, he did not retaliate. Paul understood these Christ-like principles. He recognized the power of Christ, which is able to lift our humanity. Oh, that's good. Jesus' follower, Jesus followers sought to make him a king, but Jesus retired to pray. Paul desired to gain Christ and be found in him. Oh, can I gain him? Is it possible to change and change having his compassion, his love? In an effort to prevent Jesus from being taken, Peter cut off Malchus's ear. Jesus put it on again. <laughs> kind of like uh, Mr. Potato Head. Yep. See the dignity of Christ who comes to create a new order of life. May he gain Christ and be found in him so that he might have the night. Uh, I'm sorry. So that he might have the righteousness, which is from God of faith. Jesus identified himself with us. He came to a first fruit. Be the first fruit. So he came to be the first fruit. How zealous is the farmer as he watches his crops Oh my gosh, how zealous is the farmer as he watches his crops to see the first shoots and blades of the harvest. Jesus was a first fruit and God will have a harvest. Wow, what a lovely position to be children of God, perfectly adjusted in the presence of God and found in him. You say it is a, it is a trying morning or I am in a needy place. He knows and understands your needs. When Jesus saw a great crowd coming toward him, he saw to Philip. He said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Jesus knew where the food came, would come from. He was testing Philip's faith. From a little boy's lunch, Jesus fed over 5,000. They were all filled in 12 baskets. They were all filled and 12 baskets of bread were left over. Thought for today. Although... We are always striving for more of God. We have a sense of contentment in him. Well, ever since I read that part about uh, Jesus being first fruits, and then he talked about the farmer seeing the, the first shoots and how you know he was excited, a farmer who'd probably done it a hundred times. But in this case, Jesus was the first fruit, and then we were all the little 
uh, all the little sprouts coming up after. I've never, I mean, I think I've heard first fruits and I've heard this kind of thing described before, but it all just came falling down on me and I couldn't get past it to read the rest of the <laughs> devotional. Oh, that's great. That the so harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Wow. So. Wow. Hello, Marcus Zuno. How are you? <laughs> Viva Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> so I totally relate to this because uh, much of my life now is about this. The story of Abraham, leave your family, leave your home, leave everything that you know, because God tells you to. So that's uh, familiar to me. And also the counting of everything else is garbage. Mm -hmm. Everything that existed beforehand is, is worthless. You know, it's just, um, it's just to be found in Christ and the pursuit of what it means to be found in Christ is the focus of my life. I may not be doing a good job. I may not have gotten there as good <laughs> as Paul says, but I press forward. I forget the things that have gone behind me mm. and I press forward, but I love that, uh, that analogy to Paul that we just, we run towards the prize and it doesn't matter uh, whether we get there. It's just that zeal, that passion to follow. And then the comparison to Jesus of having Christ-like principles, and this is important because Paul preached boldly and he came against governments to preach, but he was still gentle and lowly. So there's such a delicate balance between being courageous and strong, but being gentle and compassionate. Peter cuts off the guy's ear and Jesus puts it back on. You know, Jesus never operated out of anger. He spoke forcefully, but he didn't retaliate. He didn't punish. He didn't seek revenge. And that is the ultimate stature of the soldier of Christ. That you don't do things out of vengeance or out of animosity. You do things to uphold the gospel, but you do it with spirit, and truth, and the fruit of the spirit, passion, mm -hmm. self-control, kindness. And that's hard. Right? Yeah. It's really hard. And I, uh, this was a great reminder. Yeah. It's so funny because um, uh, my son uh, Kelly was in here just a, for a few, few moments as you were speaking and sitting in a chair and listening. But I was thinking, it's just funny that he was in here, but I wish he would have stayed because it, re maybe it's be best that he isn't. Because right now he's learning to drive. Yes. And if any parent that's watching has, been that driving instructor for their teen mm -hmm. when they're driving. And there is a, a lot to be learned now that it, it's just that he, re, he it, it made this all come to mind is that here he he's, he's in the driver's seat of this vehicle on the road, cars are around and people are walking on the sidewalk where the other day we were going by a school where children were crossing in the crosswalk and the need to be almost Christ-like in that moment that because if you go, hey, oh, if you get all panicky, uh, that's when somebody can hit the gas instead of the brake or the brake instead of the gas. Right. And, and in, if you aren't, you know, patient and loving and aware, aware that how your words can. You as a parent, you mean? Yes. Your words and your actions and your. And, and how you have to stay calm, even in the midst of a possible situation that could cost somebody their life. 
Yep. It, it just kind of dawned on me when you were talking, I go, wow, that's kind of the, those couple of moments. We've had a, a couple of those moments where I see he doesn't see that, that the left-hand turn lane is coming uh, and he's getting ready to turn right. Left -hand turn, right? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I have to, oh, son, you got to stop. Son, you need to stop. Go ahead and stop. And then you can't, you just keep taking it up. And I feel that God has probably done that to me so many times. Uh, Listen, you, need to you, stop. you probably shouldn't go there. <laughs> Why are you getting in your car and drive? I, I told you, you shouldn't go there. Why? <sighs> Why, <laughs> you know, Why? and it just wants to like bonk me on the head. Yeah, um, I have felt the bonk on the head before. <laughs> I have. It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> so funny. Can we go ahead and get to these scriptures? Because I think they're pretty, they're pretty good. I mean, of course, they're As great. Always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but these ones are particularly good. Philippians 3, folks. Words to live by. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So this is our dear Apostle Paul uh, speaking to the brothers and sisters and talking about uh, that management of the soldier of Christ. So whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. Watch out for the dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in the human effort, though I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. Indeed, if others had reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisee who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yet everything is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counted it all as garbage so that I can gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with him depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience a resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I've achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I've told you often before, and I'll say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows that they are the real enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about the life on this earth. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return our Savior. 
he will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. Mm. I couldn't understand what that sound was, but it's a bird chirping outside. Yep. Okay. I don't know if you all could hear that. But it sounded weird. It sounded almost like rats. It's interesting that he says that uh, our appetites are our God or another in um, the New King James Version. It's uh, our bellies are our God. And that's why the Lord prescribes fasting. Hmm. And I listened to this great presentation on the power of fasting where it, it basically is humbling. That's what it's prescribed for specifically because we could be ruled by our stomachs and it creates lust and desire and by starving it, the Lord fasted way more intense than Muslims. Muslims eat sun, uh, from sunset to sunrise, fast sunrise to sunset. But the Lord fasted 40 days straight. You no guys food. fast? Those of you that are watching? Do yeah, you, do you who fast? fasts? Yeah, I would like to hear. And I've what do you fast it, from? Is it just food? Because you could fast from. Yeah, that's the Catholic <laughs> abbreviation of it. You're supposed to fast food. <laughs> the only uh modification of that is what's called the daniel's fast where people just eat fruit and nuts mm -hmm. no meat products of any kind it's like a typical so vegan like fasting from tv god didn't have that in the bible no fasting <laughs> i gave up chocolate for lent <laughs> yeah yes. All right. promises to abram now the lord had said to abram and imagine you're abram you are some pagan living in your father's pagan village and you hear god so he wasn't a believer. He was a pagan. Genesis 12. And here is what God says to him. Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you, that I tell you, I will show you later. So he doesn't even know where he's going. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Not just the Jews. All the families of the earth will be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Mm -hmm. So can you imagine being told to relocate when you're 75? <laughs> it's never too late, folks. <laughs> never too old. Right. First John 1, 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. But Christ. Oops, sorry. John 18, 6. Now, when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Those were the captors that came to take Jesus away at Gethsemane. He could have, like, ran and he could have escaped. I mean... The angels could have set him free even yeah. once they captured him, but he didn't. And then John 18, 10. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. You know, I don't know why I, I, I wrote that down as, as a little reminder. In It just seems like there was so much going on in this particular part of the, <laughs> part of the story of, of God. I know it's not. Story is not the right way to talk about it, but um, in the Bible, there's it, it, when Gethsemane in Gethsemane, you know, they're, they're, they're going to crucify him. They're going, I mean, they're going to beat him and they crucify him. There's a lot going on in the story. 
It just seems so interesting that I just wonder, like, you know what? I need to throw this little thing in there where the ear gets cut off and I get to put it back on. Like, I don't, I don't, like, is it that, I mean, how significant do you think that that is to the story is that you, that there is all this going on and yet he took the time to give that ear back to that soldier. I think it's a, it's a lesson for us about uh, controlling passion and controlling um, zeal. And again, that's why I mentioned it in terms of the soldier of Christ is this constant. I mean, you read to Peter, um, his letters, and they're very, very different than this, than this Peter. And it's just what age and wisdom and maturity and following Christ does to you, where you, I mean, people would leave their sick on the side of the road just for his shadow to pass, you know, just for mm. him to pass thinking that they would be healed. He had that much light and power. And yet, he um, was hung upside down because he rotted in prison. You know, it's just that balance of understanding that you will be persecuted and you will suffer, but you will still be kind and you'll still be meek. And yet um, you have so much power and light that uh, people leave their sick on the sidewalk to cast you, to catch your shadow. <laughs> so cool. Isn't it? So cool. Um. While I'm thinking about it, I want to um, bring everyone's attention to a friend of ours named Geneva. Her um, cousin um, worked for El Monte uh, Police Department, and he was shot and killed last night. Um, two officers were shot and killed last night. And so, and I'm not, you know, Geneva, I'm, I've seen her on before, but um, all of our police officers... Um, you know, you and I, we have been in law enforcement for a good portion of our lives and still are a part of law enforcement um, in, in, in our work that we do today. And what has been happening to our brothers and sisters is just been horrific, just that the way they've been spoke of. I mean, even the Border Patrol agents that, are, that have been exonerated of any wrongdoing on the horses are now being disciplined and could be fired for who knows what we don't even um, to then be out there and still, and this is the thing that I, I don't know what it, it, it just really hit me when we were reading this is that, and still, and I, and I and still, they show up and still they show up and go to calls. And I, and I'm thinking, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm think I'm thankful that I was a police officer during the period of time that I was a police officer. You know, there are many things that did happen, but you know, people would still buy me dinner, you know, from time to time. And, you know, send their, their, their child to come and say hi to me. And then I would, you know, hopefully do the honor of representing law enforcement to this child in a positive way. Right. But now it's just like on top of just this, whoa, that almost came out. The, the, the stuff, <laughs> the garbage, <laughs> the garbage. And yet you see these two officers going to what I believe was a domestic violence call. Um, just being shot or oh. no did it get in reason. the middle of a the altercation or it was just a man um from uh, i haven't read uh, entirely the the entire incident yet that said i heard it was a domestic violence call and upon uh, responding that he just pulled out a gun and shot him, oh. him. Um, and one of them is uh as the cousin to a friend of ours that I see on a fairly regular basis and um, Sorry to it just comes so close to home. And 
and just um, I would love one of your prayers. I know that you've had quite the day today, but that you, of course, just a, a good prayer for just all of the law enforcement, and particularly the, the they're both married and they both have children. Oh, so both one officers them, were killed. Yeah, one of them's young, only been on the force maybe a year. The <gasps> other one has been on for uh, maybe fifteen, twenty years. I think. Oh. Heavenly Father, we come to you and ask for your supernatural peace, your peace that passes all understanding, and that you cover these families uh, with your love and your peace and your joy and uh, contentment, even in the face of this horrible tragedy, that they are able to see you working in their midst, holding their hands. And if they, if these children are coming home to you, Lord, that they have the grand welcoming that you give the believers as they come home and that their families have peace knowing that they're with you. And we ask for peace for Geneva. And uh, as they, as they go through this difficulty as a family and that we enlighten people's hearts towards the sacrifices that law enforcement make every single day to keep us safe and that we honor them and that we love them, and most of all, that you love them and that you protect them. Lord, our, our world is upside down and inside out. And the only thing that can help us is more of you. And so we ask you to show up in a miraculous, supernatural way to those who do not know you and will draw closer to you because it's not gun control, it's not new legislation, it's Jesus. That's mm -hmm. the only solution is Jesus. More of you, Lord, and less of us. Thank you so much for all of your love and your grace upon our lives. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Yes. Whew. Thank you. <laughs> oh, hey, we have a new name, Brian Sinker. Have we have you seen Brian Sinker before? I don't think so. Where are you from, Brian? How'd you hear about the the devotional that we do? And uh, how did you find us? Marcus says, Marco says. I uh, loved Anaheim PD in the 1980s. They took care of us after trade shows and conventions. Oh, yes. Nice. Yes. I did a lot of trade shows and conventions on overtime. Uh, and prayers for El Monte and all law enforcement. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, can you talk about what you have coming up over at the Calvary Chapel? Sure. Yeah. For any of you locals, Marcos, maybe you'd like to join us. I will be doing Axe Night on June 26th. It's actually uh, more of their like younger generation of people, but it's this this uh, iteration of it is all about sharing the gospel with Muslims. And so I recently wrote an article about um, sharing the gospel, what the Lord's put on my heart about sharing the gospel with Muslims and others in a turbulent world. And so I will be presenting on that. Uh, June 26, 7 p.m. at Cavalry Chapel, Chino Hills. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I love their missions director. He's a great young man, grew up in the church, has a has a great testimony himself. Oh, really? Yeah. Jonathan, I yeah. told you. Oh. <laughs> you acted surprised really well. You tricked me. I believe you. <laughs> really? So what, what do you want to share a little bit of that? Well, he just, his mom is Grace. She works in the office. And he said that, you know, when he was young, he went faithfully, listened, sat in, uh, you know, everything from elementary, junior, high school. 
And then as he got into high school, he kind of fell off. He was in a Christian school and his mom pulled him out because he says, you're not going to be one of those like fake Christians and put him in public school. And he just kind of meandered on his way, getting in trouble. And he said that his mom, of course, never gave up, never stopped praying over him, never stopped calling on the Lord on his behalf. And he, she said that he would, she would say things to him that would cut like a knife, like they would pierce his heart. And he, he never let on, but every one of those uh, many sermons that she gave, he said, stuck with him. And when he finally decided to turn around and give his life to Christ, uh, it was, it was really, he believed, uh, due in large part to his mom and her devotion to Christ and, and her never giving up on him. So I love that story. You know, we've, um, we've experienced that more than yes. a couple of times and even heard it from other parents. Yes. That's, that's what a parent has to do. Um, prayer. Yes. And not give in and not give up and stay strong in the faith. I've been. Um, and to love them. Yes. Through it. Yep. Because a lot of parents, I've met a number of parents who just write their kids off. And I mean, I, I'm never going to speak about what that must be like, that what point you get to that that happens. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and I'm sure there's points at which you can get to that. But it is. Uh, really important to try to love them through it. I think about our friend, uh, bring up Jack again, our, our seatmate. Uh, right. um, his mom was a police officer uh, and a detective, and um, I'm sure very good at what she did. And just seems like one of the most amazing women um, uh, that you could come across. And Jack, again, did a lot of things, <laughs> ended up in jail, prison. Um, and that's, I mean, all the way up to, I don't did know he say that too? Is his mom? Yeah. His mom and his wife, his wife never gave up, awesome. never gave up, prayed, um, and just stuck with it and didn't give up on him. I mean, she could have just left him and said, you know, forget you. Right. You know, uh, and, and mom too. And here, and so what's great is that all three of them show up and sit all together at church. So just beautiful. to think of where they've been and where they are now. Very and, um, and he's such a, I mean, I hate to say this because it sounds really funny coming from me, but he's such a sweet dude. I mean, he he's cool. Um, and you just like go, wait, you did what? Transformed. <laughs> the old is gone and the new has come. Yeah. Yeah. Just so good. But it's, uh, it's again, it's all that same story. It's, it's you like just... Smith asks, are you new? And you really know when you are. Mm. I, I, that I feel it, especially when, I, my daughter looked at me today and I was a little exacerbated and she's like, what's wrong, mom? And I said, this mom stuff is hard. <laughs> <laughs> this housewife stuff is hard. It's I, I mean, hats off to you house moms that have done this for decades because it's like a year plus for me. And I, I mean, working, traveling to 37 countries in 10 years was hard, <laughs> but I, this may be harder. <laughs> It's just, it just, it doesn't end, you know, it's the, it's the thousand things you do all day. Yeah. It's the 10 times you clean a kitchen. It's, it's the shopping, it's the packaging, it's the laundry, it's the driving back and forth. It's just, you're spent by the end of the day. And she just sometimes catches me like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm okay. I'm just, 
<laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And one of the most satisfying things that happen in uh, parent, I, I've been able to experience it a couple times, uh, but today uh, was one of those times. Uh, I took my, I took Kelly to the gym, and um, and and when I was walking out to the car to take him to the gym. I said, he's learning to drive, like I said before. And I said, you want to drive? He goes, no, I'll, you drive. <laughs> and I'm getting the car. I go, that's interesting. I said, you were always like, hey, I want to learn how to do this. He goes, yeah, but I didn't realize how hard it was and how much work <laughs> it is. And I go, really? And he goes, yeah. He goes, I, you know, I just get in the car and I take it for granted that, you know, that you just drive and I'm looking at my phone, I'm doing other things, but there's a lot going on and it's <laughs> stressful and it's hard. <laughs> And then, of course, my retort was, yeah, and I go, this is just the beginning. Wait, oh. And this is where I now think about my oldest daughter, Courtney, when she would have to go to the bank and then she would have to go to the grocery store and then she had to do her laundry. And she's going, I, you know, I, I used to tell her, I go, you wait, you wait. It's not wait till you have kids is what I tell them. Yeah, because I I'm used to taking care of myself. Mm. But it's it's the added dimension of children that and, you know, for when my daughter was young, I, uh, I mean, to be quite honest, I did not take care of her. It was I had help. So I didn't feel the burden of it then. And, so now, and now there's a lot more of them than just mine. <laughs> and, and not that and it's not that they expect a lot from me. It's just the running of a household. Mm. You know, it's it's the it's what goes into every little detail of a home. So mm -hmm. God bless moms and, and stay at home dads. <laughs> That's uh, um, one of the other funny things that happened today is that um, well, part of it's not funny, but the, the funny part is that I was out there buying tampons for all the women. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. And but the, the not fun part is that there's a shortage. But uh, where, again, I got this little bit of satisfaction is that my daughter, you know, she kind of, she wanted to go get a, a sticky roller. Uh, and I brought up to her, I said, Ray, who's 14, said, oh, while we're here at CVS, we should go pick up these things. And she's like, looked at me like shocked. Like, like why would you think of that? I said, because I know, and I'm a dad and I got three girls. Right. And I've had, I had a preview. And that's why I explained to her. I said, I've already had a girl. I know how important it is. Especially if there's have. a shortage <laughs> of these things. So I just always enjoy those moments when they have this like realization. I'm like, all right, he does more than just, you know, drive. I don't know. I don't know what they think I do, <laughs> <laughs> but it's those moments where they, where you become a little bit more than just this dude. <laughs> Uber. <laughs> yeah. The Uber and the cook. Yeah. yeah up to, up to Uber and Postmates. <laughs> right. <laughs> Go bring food, go drop food, go bring food, go drop food. Uh, so back to the devotional. I mean, if we can, if we can understand, you know, what Jesus expects from us, and that is to go the extra mile, to not give up, to, to, to be Christ-like, uh, to, to be Christ-like. It, it, it is kind of experienced as, as being a parent, you know, that, uh, that. And to serve without grumbling, yep. the Lord asks. And that's not all he's asking us to do as far as we need to do that with people all the time. You know, people we don't know, people we sit next to church, <laughs> people that we come across in our lives, whether it's employees or fellow employees. Strangers. Even. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's just 
a, a fraction of it when it comes to our kids. Wow, what a devotional. What a devotional. And, and, and I, th- I do think about all the stuff that Jesus was going through. He knew what was going to happen to him. He yes. knew how, how much it was going to hurt. He did it on purpose. <laughs> and and I love this. Miss says they were trying to make him a king. And he, that wasn't that time. Mm-hmm. He was, he came as the lamb this time. And so he had to deal with the fact that they were about to be very disappointed and would abandon him. He yep. knew all that too. And that one of his best um, students or supposedly best students would betray him in the process. So all of that misery and disappointment that he held in his heart and still did it. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of the discussion yesterday. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Maybe it was the day before. No, we didn't do a devotion yesterday. The day before yesterday of um, when we're in our flesh and not Christ-like and not following, um, you know, what God wants from us is that decision where maybe things aren't going well at home or the pressure of being a father and mother is too tough and you choose to go somewhere else on the way home <laughs> and, uh, and not, yes. and not put yourself in that position. So easy. It's so easy to say, you know, after work instead, I'm going to go to Kelly's corner <laughs> right? and spend a couple hours there. But it's also a blessing to be able to have the Holy spirit as a restrainer, but to have the intellectual memory of, I've been down that road and that road leads nowhere good. So whether it's our mind that calls up the memory or the Lord calls it up and says, you really don't want to do that again. (laughs) I love that last part. Right. Again. Again. (laughs) Really? I mean, how many iterations of this are we going to do folks? You know, so it's. uh... Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right. Before I, before we sign off, I just want to share a, a picture of the gentleman that um, worked for police department. Um, yeah, and please pray for their families. Almani Police Department. You got Corporal Michael Paredes, Paredes and uh, Officer Joseph Santana. So young. Yep. Young guys. Life's uh, taken too soon. Yep. So keep. Uh, Michael and Joseph in your prayers and their families, their wives and their children that will be missing them tonight because uh, they won't be there. All right. And also uh, make sure and download the Edify app and, um, and subscribe to our podcast. And then after you do that, then you can look, go look at other people's podcasts. Yes. Edify is part of the Christian Post Podcast Network. Awesome. All right. Anything else, my love? That's it. All right, my friends. We love you guys. Thank you for joining us. God bless you. Make sure and comment if you're watching the replay and let us know where you're watching from. And um, if you fast, oh, and I I missed that Marco said he he does intermittent fasting. Yes. And I actually, wait, one thing, Marcos, do you do intermittent (laughs) fasting for health reasons or for God reasons? Or do you use it for both? Because I wonder if you feel the blessing of it uh, based on the intention too. Yeah, I do the same thing. It's right around 12 to 16 hours. It depends. So. Yeah, because I, and that's been my habit too. That's one of my just good healthy living habits, but I don't do it with the intention of fasting. I made a post the other day that uh, intermittent fasting is no longer a health decision. It's a financial decision. <laughs> I saw that. 
<laughs> oh, one more thing. Sorry, I know we were getting ready to sign off, so it's a little bit of a psych. But uh, let's go ahead and go to Susan Mendez, who says, as Hedia takes a drink, and she's my reader. And just think, you're doing it with a car. My husband got me my first car when I was 35. I rode a bike to the store and hung the bags on the handlebars and stacked them up in the baby seat. Oh, yeah, the kids. I rode them to school, too. Wow. <laughs> One on the seat and the other behind while I stood up. Great way to keep one's figure watching from the farm in Wildemar. Uh, wow. That's super mom right there. Susan. <laughs> I want to see you do that. I'd be lucky <laughs> if I could keep myself on a bike. Marco says. Health mainly, but keeps you out of fleshly temptations. Very Amen. Good. Very good. All right, my friends. Now we're signing off. Now we're signing off. <laughs> All right. We love you guys. God bless. God bless. Take care. Bye.